On this week's show, Etsy and eBay both expand some programs, and Amazon absolutely knocks it out of the park for Prime Day. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to episode number 209 of the Galaxy CD's Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. My name is Ryan, and I am a full-time reseller, part-time YouTuber, and podcaster, Working out of my home here in the Cincinnati area, and this channel is all about the flip life. We've got reselling news updates from Amazon, eBay, Etsy, and the post office coming up today, and a pretty interesting what sold recap at the back end of the show that you'll want to stick around for. But let's not mess about, let's get right into the reselling news. News updates. So Amazon uh, absolutely crushed Prime Day this year. It was the biggest event in the company's history. This article on CNN Business, uh, consumers spent $12.7 billion across the web on July 11th and 12th during Amazon's Prime Day sale, a 6.1% jump from a year ago. According to Adobe Analytics, Walmart, Target, and other retailers also did offer savings uh, to customers as well. Amazon said July 11th was their single largest sales day in the company's history, but declined to provide totals. Shoppers bought 375 million items across the two days, up from 300 million last year during the sales promotion. So if your business was slow last week... (laughs) Uh, I think I posted over on Instagram uh, at Galaxy CDs Rocks that a business last week for me was a little bit off. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't as bad as the week before, but this is kind of a double whammy here in June. It's or July rather. It's already kind of slow for the summer. Then you got the Independence Day holiday. A lot of people on vacation and doing other things, picnics and get-togethers and all that for that week. And then the following week. You have Prime Day, which takes all the oxygen out of the room for a couple of days. So it's been, I've heard from a lot of sellers that it has been a pretty brutal start to the month. So hopefully now that all of this is out of the way, things will settle back into a little bit of a more normal pattern and we can kind of get uh, get back to some selling. But uh, Amazon absolutely crushed it for Prime Day. Uh, I I, for my part, I participated. I probably spent, <laughs> I'd hate to even think, four or $500. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that when we get into the kind of the what sold segment. I'll cover some things. If you're uh, highly observant on YouTube, you'll notice there's a new backdrop here and yet another new microphone. Those were a couple of deals I took advantage of on Prime Day. So I'm as, I'm as guilty as anyone for shopping over there uh, for their big event. Etsy uh, appeals to bargain hunters as it expands its offers to handmade. Etsy is making uh, is expanding rather its make an offer feature, so shoppers can look for bargains not only for vintage goods but now handmade goods as well. Uh, the feature is being met with mixed reviews by sellers, but in Wednesday's announcements, Etsy said the feature was optional. Sellers do not have to use it. Uh, the company called it a work in progress and noted it was not yet available to all sellers. I talked about a couple of months ago that uh, they reached out to me for working with this beta program for vintage books because I have a thousand plus listings. I am participating in it. I've got, I think, 1,100 and some listings currently active on the program. For the entire time that I've been doing it, I have had the grand total of one offer. <laughs> Uh, so it's not been, I, I don't know that it's, 
widely been promoted to buyers. I, I don't I don't shop on Etsy all that often, so I don't I don't see things from that perspective. So I don't know how how in the, your face it is as a as a potential buyer. If you do shop on Etsy, let me know. Is it something that's very visible in the seller's listing that an offer option is available? But I'm I'm getting next to none. One seller of handmade goods on Etsy who commented on an e-commerce bites article where this one appears said they would prefer it if Etsy gave them more flexible pricing options when running a sale. Right now, they said you can only offer a percentage off and not a specific dollar amount when running a sale. That would be more flexibility than receiving just lowball offers. In my case, the offer that I received, that one offer, uh, was actually a fair offer, and I went ahead and accepted it. So no, no harm, no foul there. It wasn't. I set. You can set a cap, the maximum amount of discount that you will even entertain. Uh, so that would eliminate. Again, I, I recommend doing that. That would eliminate a lot, of, a lot of the lowball type offers. But one seller tried the feature out in April and found that when she adjusted the price to the amount she and the buyer had agreed upon, Etsy sent the buyer a link with a one-time discount for the item, which they said would expire in two months. It appears from this week's announcement that Etsy has changed that to 48 hours to take advantage of the make an offer. As you may recall, if you caught the episode where I talked about that offer, my buyer failed to click the link in the offer and ended up buying the item, of course, at full price. <laughs> uh, so I had to go back in and do a partial price adjustment to refund him the difference because of his mistake. So the program is not super clear for either for buyers or sellers at this point. And uh, again, uh, with 1,100 odd listings in one offer, it's just not, it's not going over like gangbusters, but kudos to them. They are trying to expand it into now handmade. Uh, this particular seller did share their experience on a YouTube video. There will be links, of course, to all this in the show notes and the video uh, description below. In their announcement, Etsy said it was making the make an offer feature available to select shops selling in U.S. dollar currency for now. It listed four reasons that sellers might consider allowing offers to clear out stale inventory, need some shelf space, allowing offers on older items could help you create room for new inventory. Encourage shoppers to buy in bulk. Review shoppers' offers based on the quantity of items of your items that they're purchasing. Make sales that you might have missed. We've tested this tool with vintage sellers and they've seen that most accepted offers are purchased in under three hours. Allowing buyers to make offers could help you make the sale quickly. In my case, that was true. The guy did, even though he didn't use the correct link, he did buy the item almost immediately once I accepted the offer, which the, the offer acceptance process is also not real slick, but that's another story. Um, and test your pricing. Have a unique item that's hard to price. Find your sweet spot with your shoppers while still setting your maximum discount. It also described features it was working on to improve this feature. Select individual listings. We know it's important to be able to customize your pricing and discounting strategy. Soon you'll be able to choose individual listings for make an offer outside of suggested listings and opt them in and out of make an offer as needed, which would be great. Custom discount limits. Soon you'll have more flexibility for choosing your maximum discount and more optimized buyer experience. We know your time is valuable. If you send the buyer an adjusted price, they will have 48 hours to check it out at that price unless the item sells first. We're working on ways to make sure buyers respond to your adjusted price quickly. So if you have used this from either side as a buyer or a seller, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, leave me a comment in the comment section down below and let me know how it went for you if it was very smooth. Mine, uh, as I mentioned, was not. <laughs> they have also over at Etsy 
added weekend days to processing times. Uh, I actually received this message from them as well. I did not make any changes to my business plans. I still have just one business day on there and I have weekends off even though I do ship on Saturdays. Etsy has added weekend days to processing times, but unlike many changes, marketplaces roll out or sellers must opt out if they don't like them. With this change, it's up to sellers to opt in if they choose to, which is nice. Cindy Baldassi, uh, an ex- Etsy expert and consultant wrote about the change in a blog post over on Tumblr. She pointed to a thread that started on July 5th where a seller shared what they saw on their dashboard on Wednesday morning. Uh, Our research shows that a quick setting update may boost your annual sales by about, wait for it, $12. (laughs) Uh, So in this seller's case, it was not going to be very much money. In the last year, you processed 100% of your orders on the weekend. Now you have the option to update your processing schedule to include weekend days, showing shoppers faster delivery in some cases with little or no change to how you work. Etsy shoppers have shown they're more likely to buy items that ship faster, even if it's only by one day. Uh, The seller commented, Thanks, Etsy. I won't get anything done today thinking about all the things I'll do with that $12. (laughs) Uh, But to be fair, that's kind of a, uh, it's a nice option to have uh, if you want to highlight that you do process orders on weekends. My biggest thing with Etsy is that they don't allow for postal holidays. So if you have one business day setting and there's a Monday business holiday and you get orders over the weekend, you still have to manually go in and change those orders processing times. Otherwise, you get dinged. Uh, I forgot to do that back on uh, Memorial Day, so I'm at 98% ship on time. <laughs> uh, I don't. Uh, they say it's because they're they're a worldwide platform, and they can't account for all of the holidays around the world. I don't know. I would feel like they probably should be able to do that if they can do all this other stuff. But what do I know? Moving on over to eBay. Uh, eBay has taken promoted listings advanced now out of beta testing. So the cost per click advertising program, the promoted listings advance has been in beta for a long, long time and not all sellers have had access to it. Now they will. Etsy or rather eBay launched a beta version of promoted listings advanced ads back in 2021. And today it announced that it had taken it out of beta testing and into general release. Unlike regular promoted listings ads where sellers only pay a fee when an ad results in a sales, promoted listings advanced beta charges sellers when a buyer clicks on their ad regardless of whether the buyer makes a purchase or not. This is called, as I mentioned, cost per click advertising. I do not use this program. I will not use this program. I don't have this to me would be for some for someone who has like mass quantities of a single item and they just want click through and velocity that's the kind of item I would think that this type of program would work better for, a vintage one-off book. I don't want 100 clicks of people just going to see what the thing looks like that I pay for when nobody's going to buy it. So your mileage may vary, but in my case, this is not a program that would work for me. In Tuesday's post, eBay said it had added features based on seller feedback to help them save time creating and managing campaigns, increase the visibility of ads, and created tools needed to evaluate their performance. We talked a little bit about that uh, a couple of weeks ago with the summer seller update and some of the things that they're going to be rolling out for reporting for the the various ad campaigns. Uh, eBay, of course, said that sellers see a 40% increase in items sold on average when using promoted listings advanced compared to non-promoted items. In a previous blog post, uh, they had written that sellers saw a 50% increase. So they think it's a pretty big increase. 
uh, as I mentioned, I did a, a show, an episode, gosh, it's been months and months and months ago now, about my experience with promoted listing standard. I am still using it. About 60 to 65% of my sales are coming via promoted listings. It has increased my sale, but nowhere near 40%. It's probably more like 10%. It's been worth doing. I do recommend that you look into it, especially if sales are a little bit slow for you right now. Uh, but I, my personal experience, nowhere near a 40% increase. Note that eBay promoted listings advances only available to above standard or top rated sellers with enough account activity, though the frequently asked questions section did not define what enough activity is. So you've got to be, I would assume, selling X amount of listings per week or per month in order to qualify to use this program. They do pro, pro, uh, mention that the standard campaign lets you promote your listings across eBay's networks and only pay when you sell. The standard campaigns are quick and simple to set up. Since you only pay when you sell, these campaigns are a low-risk way to boost visibility. As I mentioned in that previous episode, my item view counts went from several hundred thousand to nearly five million over a 30-day period. So it does definitely increase the exposure a lot of it is wasted exposure, but again, you're not paying for those exposures. You're not paying even if somebody clicks on it. You're only paying if there's a purchase that comes from it. So all's well that ends well, I guess, on that. The promoted listings advance, however, lets you promote your listings in premium placements and you pay again per click on your ad. These campaigns give you the high visibility you want and the control you need with a daily budget so you can cap the maximum amount that you will pay for clicks, which is kind of how Etsy's program works as well. Uh, keyword targeting, keyword bidding, and reporting. Interesting, the two types of ads are not, they said, mutually exclusive. Another person asked, can I promote the same listings via standard and advanced campaigns? And eBay responded, yes, you can promote those same listings through both campaigns. Keep in mind that when you promote your listings through advanced campaigns, you're bidding on that preferred access to premium placements and paying per click, standard campaigns have placements across the eBay network and you pay per sale. We recommend, of course, that you use both, they said. <laughs> uh, so again, this has always been a hot button topic. Some people are all about promoted listings and I've seen some sellers that are running 12, 15% kind of rates on their promoted listings. I capped mine at seven. I'm still seeing stuff that is getting sold with numbers in the sixes so they're not maxing me out all the time but th that's where it's at let me know again in the comments if you're using it and what your results have been ebay has made another expansion they have opened up their trading card vault to cards acquired off of ebay previously it was only available for cards that you purchased through ebay now you can submit graded cards valued at $250 or more from your personal collection directly, regardless of where they were purchased, to the eBay vault. The vault, as we've talked about previously, is a service that launched last year when eBay physically stores trading cards and collect for collectors inside a 31,000-square-foot facility. In today's announcement, eBay said it expanded eligibility for the vault beyond cards directly purchased on its marketplace. Collectors, investors, and professional sellers can now submit eligible graded cards valued at $250 or more directly to eBay's state-of-the-art facility and digital marketplace. They have also expanded eligibility to graded autograph, relic, and patch cards. So if you are a card 
collector and you've been using this service strictly with things that you bought on eBay and you have cards that you've bought elsewhere, you can now move those cards over there as well. Uh, I don't know if you're a seller of trading cards. Are you using the vault to sell cards as well? You can, again, let me know in the comments down below. Continuing on with eBay, we talked about this some time ago that they were in the process of acquiring a company called Serta Logo. That acquisition is now complete. eBay recently announced that it has completed the acquisition of Serta Logo, who is a provider of AI-powered digital IDs and authentication for apparel and fashion goods. We've talked about numerous times how eBay is really focused on these categories and their authentication program. This is another tool in their toolbox to help grow that section. This move aligns with their commitment to offering secure and reliable product solutions while protecting customers from counterfeit items. Serta Logo specializes in leveraging digital technology to empower brands and designers specifically in managing the life cycle of their garments. This acquisition will enable eBay to provide brands with a seamless and flexible platform to engage with consumers and offer reliable product information. The incorporation of Serta Logo's technology will enhance eBay's ability to deliver counterfeit-proof digital product passports, they say, giving customers increased confidence in their purchases. Specific financial details of the acquisition were not disclosed, but it is, as this article points out, a strategic move that positions the company for long-term growth in the fashion and apparel market. So that that's an area that they are really going to go after, and this will be a tool that will help them. If you are a seller of fashion and apparel, uh, does this move mean anything for you? It appears to be really geared towards brands rather than individual sellers, but... Uh, you, you can, again, let me know what you think of it. This is kind of an interesting, uh, this will be just a quick little two-part thing. Uh, USPS says they are prepared for additional volume if UPS workers go on strike. This article is on e-commerce bites. Can the Postal Service handle the increased volume in case of a UPS disruption at the end of July? Uh, Jackie Straco, the UP, USPS Chief Commerce and Business Solutions Officer, said yes, We absolutely can. We've done a lot with our network and with our employees. She told the reporter, we've converted 125 employees over the last couple of years. So we're well-staffed and we've invested and made the right transportation network changes. So what's going on with UPS is they're on the verge of going to strike. UPS, apparently the company walked out of the negotiations late last week. Uh, Workers are edging closer to a strike after a breakdown in the talks between the delivery giant and the Teamsters Union, which represents the UPS employees. Both sides have accused each other, of course, of walking away from the negotiations. A walkout by UPS drivers would have ripple effects across the entire economy with the company employing 340,000 workers who deliver millions of packages every day. The value of goods it delivers annually has been estimated at 6% of the total U.S. economy. So they move a bunch of merchandise. UPS workers are negotiating for better pay and the elimination of a two-tier wage system, which they agreed to, I believe, in the last uh, collective bargaining agreement. For part-time and full-time workers, Sean O'Brien, the general president of International Brotherhood of Teamsters, spoke to Good Morning America 3 about what's at stake. I'm not going to read this entire article, but that gives you just some idea. So be thinking about and paying attention to what's going on with this. And I will continue to keep you up to date on this podcast with news regarding this. But if you ship a lot of big items, 
that you normally ship with UPS, you're going to want to think about backup options, whether it's FedEx Ground or the new USPS Ground Advantage program. Have some kind of plan in place if this thing goes sideways and Big Brown goes on strike. That is going to put a wrap on the news. So let's now talk about some sales. As I mentioned, it wasn't like a super massive week, but it was okay. I think I had 80-some listings get out of here. Um, some people, as we'll discuss as we go through these, bought multiple items, which is always nice. You like to have that, save a little bit of money on shipping and so on. So this first item over on Etsy, I Visit the Soviets by E.M. Delafield. This was from a uh, 1937 first edition illustrated hardcover by Harper & Brothers. This is part of a big lot that I own for probably 16 cents or so. It sold for $24.99 plus media mail shipping. As you know, I love these bulk sales. Uh, I talked about this last week on the on the episode, these sports programs that I picked up for about a nickel a piece and a bulk, two big boxes full of them. Dayton Flyers versus the Ohio University Bobcats. This is the takeoff basketball program from Dayton University from December 17th. 1957 uh in really nice shape all of these were in really good shape the only thing that was kind of an issue with them was that the previous owner had gone obviously to these games and he wrote on the cover of the thing the date which was handy because there was no date in the actual program for the the game uh the date and whether they won or lost was written on the front cover but otherwise they were in fantastic condition again i'm into this thing for a nickel it sold for 24.99 plus shipping over to mercari this is uh the, the first week in a long time i actually i don't have a bonanza sale here to share with you because they were both pretty small but i have gone about 80 days without a sale over on bonanza if you're selling over there uh, let me know uh, ever since they were acquired by whoever it was that bought them and they kind of changed their logo and they went through all that process. My sales over on Bonanza have absolutely cratered. They were never big to begin with. It was two or three items a month, but it's literally been two and a half months. I did sell two items there last week, totaling about $35. So no great shakes, but I did sell something last week on every platform. This one was on Mercari. Trader Vic's Bartender's Guide, the revised illustrated edition from 1972, published by Doubleday. This was a garage sale pickup for a dollar. It was in the the contents of the book were pretty clean. The pages were nice and white, but the cover had a lot of staining on it. This was well used, it looked like. Uh, again, I paid a buck for it. It sold over on Mercari for $25 free shipping. Uh, this book was from a estate sale pickup. I'm into this one for about 50 cents. The Garden of Allah by Sheila Graham. It was a first edition illustrated hardcover with its dust jacket from 1970. It was an ex-library copy, so it did have some library markings on it. And it had the, sometimes the libraries will put these Mylar covers over the dust jacket. It had one of those as well. A fairly unusual book uh, went for 29, I had it listed rather for $29.99 plus media mail shipping. It got a watcher. I sent a 15% off offer out and sold it for $25.49. I mentioned, I, I think it was over on Instagram that, and I've talked about it on this show a couple of times. I really don't like selling clothes because inevitably you get these questions about measurements. 
and they just they drive me insane. I I'm going to go on a rant here. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm almost 58 years old. I have bought T-shirts like concert T-shirts or sports team T-shirts at stores, online, at sporting events, at concerts. I look at the size. It's large. It's extra large. It's small. It's medium. I have never once in my life looked for or asked for someone to give me a measurement from armpit to armpit on a T-shirt. I just, I if you can explain to me why that would be useful, <laughs> I would, I would greatly appreciate it because I just don't get it. it, it, it the manufacturers don't provide that. When you go into a store and you're looking at a rack of t-shirts, they just have the sizes, large, extra large, whatever. I know those measurements are available, but I just, I couldn't care less as a buyer. I know I wear a large, so I look for a large. I don't, that just drives me insane, which is why I normally don't, don't buy clothes. But I did mention again over on Instagram, a couple of weeks ago, I was at a sale and I found a, a handful of concert t-shirts that were just too good to pass up. They were a dollar a piece, which is just crazy cheap. This one sold over uh, on eBay. It is a vintage Disturbed t-shirt and an extra large. It was the 2001 Giant licensed. Uh, with the, the art was done by an artist called Monk. Had their uh, kind of cartoon drawings of the band. I remember I had my CD store back in 2001. I had this shirt in my store, sold it for $17.99, <laughs> brand new. They don't make it anymore. It's fairly hard to find. I had it listed for $32.99 plus shipping. It sold on a best offer for $29 to someone who did not ask me for measurements. Uh, anyway, <laughs> continuing on. Uh, this was a cool book. I picked this up in an estate sale for a buck. Mark Shagel, Life and Work by Franz Meyer. It was an illustrated hardcover with its dust jacket uh, published by the Harry N. Abrams Company back in 1963. A gigantic book, about 13 by 10 by about three inches thick of art from this particular artist and kind of a biography of him and his work. Really neat piece. Again, I got it at an estate sale for a dollar. I had it listed for $34.99 plus Media mail shipping, just to give you an idea of how big it was, media mail shipping on this thing was $9.92. It got a watcher. I sent out a 15% off offer and sold it for $29.74. And this item over on Etsy, uh, again, from a big, big, this was from the 15,000 book lot that I own for about three and a half cents, The Captain of Queens, the autobiography of Captain Harry Gretage. This sold for $32.49, and this was sold internationally, so this shipped. Uh, Etsy has a similar program to the eBay International Shipping Program where you can send it to them, and they will take care of all the VAT and all the duties and all the rest of that nonsense. So that's how I sent this up there. I have no idea. I think the customer paid about $30 total for shipping, uh, but $32.49 plus media mail shipping for me, and it went to Etsy to be forwarded on. I mentioned that I bought some stuff uh, for Prime Day, and one of the things that I bought was a new thermal printer. Uh, I have had this old Zebra refurbished printer. I've had it for about three years, and it was getting slow, and I had had to turn the print quality way up, like kind of the heat or whatever. It was on 12 to get it to print dark enough that the labels were useful, so I decided it was probably time to get a new one. There was a deal for a brand new one for like 79 bucks. So I bought that on Prime Day and I listed my old Zebra 
LP2844, which was a USB serial and parallel direct thermal printer. I put in the description all of that information that it was struggling to print, but it was still working. I listed it for $34.99 plus shipping and sold it for full price literally the next day. So net, net, my new printer cost me about $40. <laughs> I will take that. I'm very happy with the new printer also. Uh, another item over on eBay, uh, an elementary treatise on theoretical mechanics by J.H. Jeans. This was published way back in 1907. It's an illustrated hardcover. Had it listed for $39.99 plus shipping. This sold on a best offer internationally for $35. It was part of a big lot that I own for 16 whole cents. I've talked about these previously, the old science fiction digests, and every now and again I will have a buyer that stumbles on my listings and buys a whole mess of these at once. The sale that I've got on the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, actually was a total of, I think, six listings for a total of eight of these digests. He also bought eight others on other orders. All in, this one was $38.94 plus media mail shipping. The other lot was about $40, give or take. Uh, with media mail shipping as well. So about $80 worth of sales. I'm into these for 44 cents a piece. So there was a total of 16 of them. You can do the math. It's a pretty good flip. <laughs> I was real happy with it. I've long, long ago made my money on these. So this is all gravy. So if I could find another big lot of these, uh, I would snap them up immediately. There, Some of them brought really terrific money. There's some stuff out there from you know, Philip K. Dick and some of the writers um, that it was their first ever published work appeared in some of these pulp digests. So there's some really cool stuff and they can bring some pretty good money. And the flip of the week, this last item sold over on Mercari. I just picked this up at an estate sale for 50 whole cents. The Ohio Tornadoes, April 3rd, 1974. This is a illustrated paperback on the tornadoes that kind of swept through the Xenia, Ohio and Cincinnati areas back in 1974. Really cool book in great condition. It did have the owner's name and address written on the front cover, but other than that, it was in great shape. Again, picked it up for next to nothing, sold for $40 with free shipping over on Mercari. So again, nothing, no, no enormous sales there, no hundred plus dollar sales. Hopefully next week we'll be a little better and we'll, we'll have some big hits. I did make I bought a bunch of stuff this week. I went outsourcing actually on two different days. One day I spent four hours in a local thrift store and I walked away with a hundred books for $88. And the next day I bought another 77 odd books for about a hundred to 110. So I've got a bunch of stuff to list. Some of which looks like it should be in that 75 to $150 range. So I'm pretty excited to get working on that stuff and kind of stop messing around with this this big 15,000 book lot where there's been a lot of 5 and 8 dollar books. It's not it's nice steady business but there's been no big hits come out of that in a while. So now I've got essentially a couple hundred items that I've picked up that I can work on that hopefully will generate some bigger hits. Let me know in the comments how your business has been over the last couple of weeks. Uh did you buy anything cool on Prime Day or is that a day that you you just avoid <laughs> getting on Amazon at all. Uh, if you found this interesting, helpful, useful, please do me a favor if you're watching on YouTube. 
hit that thumbs up button. If you're not currently a subscriber or a follower of the podcast, please consider doing that. Share this with anyone else that you know who might be interested in it. We did cross 900 subscribers over on YouTube last week, which was kind of cool. Uh, it has been a real grind. The, the podcast format over on uh, YouTube is not all that huge, but we are gradually working our way towards that magic 1,000 number. So if you could share this with anybody that you think might be interested in it, I would truly appreciate it. With that said, I hope everybody's doing well. And now it's time to sell. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.